All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Utah Liberty Talk. This is David, TR4 Freedom. Uh, just the political sphere is boring right now, and we probably all know that. Happy December. Oh, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I got to spend a good amount of time with my family, and to me, that's what it's about. Um, I actually probably see my I see my family a lot more often than I see my friends, so um, that's, that's a good thing. I, well, I guess for me, I don't know. Um, I did get to see a great friend of mine down in Vegas though this past weekend, couple of them. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, hopefully y'all Thanksgiving went well. If anything cool happened, uh, let me know. I like to hear back from my supporters, even if it's just casual stuff like this. Uh, we do have our Patreon up. Uh, it's been up. Uh, online store you can access from the website, utahlibertytalk.com. A uh, few cool things are in the works and development, but I don't want to let you guys know them until they happen. Uh, not entirely uh pertaining to the show um also just thought it'd be kind of funny to let you guys know i am recording this from underneath a blanket um with my laptop and my microphone and such uh because i am in an empty space uh that i use as an office and it just comes out far too echoey so i am here under a blanket um recording this show for you guys um i'm gonna do it more often um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna commit myself to doing these at least once a week. You guys are going to get that commitment from me. I know I've been talking about trying to get it up uh, and all that stuff. And honestly, you know, it's hard because the political sphere is boring um, at this point in time. So you guys may get a little bit shorter episodes um, if I do them more frequently, but I think that that might be preferred all the way around. Um, I don't know. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on it because I think that like, uh, like two 40-minute episodes a month or three and just aren't cutting it so if i do like half hour episodes maybe uh, once a week then it'll be a little bit better um but yeah without further ado i think i have anything else to say let's go ahead and get this show rolling all right so i guess the first thing i'm going to get into is uh well i want to talk about trump a little bit because i mean and i like bagging on trump don't get me wrong uh, the sphere in the GOP is quite interesting right now. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff. You know, and the main debate is um, for, like, people who are Republicans before Trump is uh, if Trump was good for Republicans. Um, and this kind of ties into if he's going to run in 2024. And, you know, knowing Trump, uh, knowing how Republicans feel Biden's going to do, despite if Trump is better or not, um, he's probably going to run again. Uh, Trump's character pretty much gives this away. And uh, honestly, yes, I do think Trump is bad for Republicans um, because, and unfortunately, I mean, Trump really pushed me away from the Republicans um, when I used to be a Republican. But uh, there are obviously other issues with the Republicans, but Trump just is, I mean, he's a liberal, so I can see, you know, he's just liberal in the ways I don't like, I guess. Um, but he is, he has definitely damaged the Republicans. Um, if you look at old timers, uh, people who really actually believe in limited government, which is what the Republican Party was supposed to be, uh, Trump is not that guy. And most people know this. Um, but Trump is going through with these lawsuits on uh, different states. I think he 
something about suing Michigan or Minnesota or Wisconsin. I don't know, maybe all of them. Um, let's try and see. Uh, Wisconsin governor, yeah, he sued the Wisconsin governor, that's for sure. Um, and uh, basically, well, it's 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 just like a like no one really pays attention to it and it's been hard to pay attention to because it seems like Trump is grasping for something grasping at something that isn't there um it doesn't you know these are long shot uh lawsuits uh you know it's just it's it's kind of a joke it's it just reminds me of uh like you know middle school banter or whatever and it's really what the political spheres become and I talk about that as well uh, in the show, um, it, it's the whole thing's a joke. And I actually put a lot of that blame on Trump and his family. Um, I absolutely hate the political sphere. Um, but yeah, so Trump's making kind of a stink about, uh, everything that's been going on with the election fraud and so on and so forth. Um, and I mean, the guy's just, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really, uh, understand what he's doing here everything that i mean he's saying all this stuff that apparently isn't true about who he, who which states he won um i mean it's i don't know it's just interesting and well it actually isn't interesting it's it's completely freaking boring um trump is just pissing everyone off he's a sore loser this is kind of what we expect actually i didn't expect trump to to win uh, or to lose, um, but this is kind of what I would expect to happen if he did lose. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he's just not making anything better for himself. He's not making anything better for anyone, really. Um, but I want to focus on. I'm going to talk a little bit about public schooling today. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get into some other things. This, I mean, a lot of this stuff is pretty much going off the ball, and I don't really like write out huge plans before I do these. Um, and especially right now, because um, it's just a boring political sphere. There's nothing really that's going on. Um, I guess it, Trump is just trying to get these donations for legal battles or whatever, as if he doesn't have the money for it. I, it's just, I don't know. It's a boring political sphere. It might be a boring episode. Um, if it is, then I mean, feel free to tell me and give me and I would love, 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 love to get um, inspiration. What you guys want me to talk about. Um, I know we offer that on Patreon, um, depending on the subscription. Um, I also take suggestions from my close friends as well. Sorry, you guys. Uh, I guess get a little bit of a of an extra edge when it comes to the influence that you have on the show or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess without further ado, I'm going to get into the this horrible situation we have with public schools. Now, public schools have been an issue for a long time. Um, we saw a lot of the recent downfall um, of public schooling and a lot of opposition to it when uh, George Bush did the whole no child left behind thing. And then you had Obama doing a uh, I mean, more Common Core and Michelle Obama ruined our school lunches. I hate her for that. We used to get like Trix yogurt and stuff for breakfast. And, and now it's just, I mean, I haven't been to school lunch in a while, but I mean, it was just crappy. Um, 
So I, the school situation is tough right now, um, especially with COVID. And, you know, all these studies have been showing that that students are struggling um, during the pandemic, which is obvious. Um, the fact that these students aren't going to school in a proper learning environment is an issue. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with online schooling. Um, in fact, I, I've been doing online schooling. I'm a student at Weber State University. Um, and it's been working well for me, granted, because I need to have a flexible schedule because I'm working and doing the podcast and I mean, just a bunch of other stuff. Um, so, you know, being able to do the school online allows me a flexible schedule. And maybe that's something that you can maybe look into for high school students, but especially young students that are developing social characteristics and abilities to learn how to socialize with people and uh, figuring out uh, how to make these relationships, how to work with teachers, work with other difficult people, um, putting themselves in like a high stress testing environments. Um, I don't think standardized testing is good for students, but I think that putting them in high pressured environments where they know that their performance delegates a lot is important. Um, so that's something that I uh, kind of support in in that sense. I think that it's important for students' mental growth and for them to learn how to operate under pressure to be in high pressure environments where they believe that what they're doing counts. Um, now, granted, I don't think that the way we do it is correct in any ways. And and granted, I'm not a fan of public schooling at all. By the way, I just from my personal experiences, this that's just what I believe. Um, so we we see a bunch of studies coming out and they're showing that these students are are struggling during these times for those reasons um not to mention that it's hard for students when they're sitting at home um nothing specific with the schoolings uh, for the most part uh the, the students are half-assing it the teachers are half-assing it the administrators are half-assing it um and no one really cares and it and it, it seems like schooling is Maybe it's just because of me, because I've been doing this online um, with college. But um, when students are at home and online, and I've seen this in my siblings and such, it seems like schooling gets put on the back burner. Um, I don't mean to call my brother out here, but he's had a lot of catching up to do because he's been working instead of going to school. And I, I love you to death, bro. Um, but that's just an example of how when you when you give people this free time, school does get put on the back burner. Um, now, whether that's positive or negative, that's up for you to decide. But the the reality that students are struggling in school because school is being put on the back burner is is I mean, it's a reality and it's there. Another huge issue with what we're having, um, and this is a huge problem. We have public schooling um, the way it is, is when you have teachers or sorry, when you have parents that have students and kids and uh, they need to work double time. Um, they have the ability to go do that when their students are off at school, getting an education, developing these social skills, so on and so forth. Um, with the poverty rates risen and the unemployment rates risen, um, more in, in the entire like recent history, I believe since like the 2000s, other than the since like 2010 after the 2008 re recession, this is this is the highest time to have two working members in a family, two parents working. Um, and it's and it's hard to do this when you're not even uh, like able to get your kids. I mean, when you've got kids that are like 
kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade age, and you can't necessarily left leave them alone, whether you trust them, whether you trust your neighbors, whether you're in a bad neighborhood or they're going to get their stuff done, like schoolwork that they're supposed to do. Um, I mean, it makes it really hard for parents to be able to afford um, the stuff that they need to do in order to keep their family going. Um, when when you're basically limiting a parent to being able to work because we've relied on public schooling and the government for so long to take care of our kids during the days. Um, and this is why I'm a big fan of private schooling, because when government policies go into place and they're talking about how we're doing this in schools, we're doing this in schools, we're doing this in schools, and we're doing this in schools, and you know, and then you have kids that have to stay home, or it's like when there's more than ten kids at a school with COVID, everyone has to go home. Um, it you know it it catches people by shock, and it's hard to adjust to. Um, private schools should not be affected by this, and that's one of the reasons why I think private schooling is so big. Because if you you know have your kids in private school, then suddenly, you know, it's not the government's responsibility. And if there's an issue with it, there's a competitive market in the private schools. Um, you know, and we could talk about schooling in, in just a practical sense, aside from COVID-19. We see a huge amount of taxpayer money going to students and it's not paying off because the education isn't doing for students what it should be. Um, students should be able to really know how taxes work by the time they graduate high school. Um, Students should be taught real life skills. And, you know, it's frustrating when not only does this not really happen in high school, but when you go to college, it's basically a repeat of high school because you've got to take certain science classes and math classes and English classes. And I mean, you just have these required courses that don't even pertain to the degree 90% of the time. Um, it doesn't make much sense. It really genuinely doesn't make much sense. Um, so that's something that we need to get more useful education. And of course, everything the government touches turns to crap. So I would never expect it to be through government like that. I'm Again, I'm a huge fan of uh, private schooling. Um, that being said, there's also a trend with not only just students in general, suffering uh, from the way that schooling is being handled. Um, but we also see a huge issue when it comes to uh, students of different ethnicities. Um, NBC News uh, wrote an article about it. Um, and, you know, when the COVID-19 are closing down these schools, Black, Hispanic, and poor kids are, are really struggling with that. And, uh, and math and reading and other things that uh, our basic skills that young children should be learning are, you know, they're struggling in. Um, and it overall makes the, the families struggle a lot because if you think about um, when you go into poorer areas, and I'm not saying that's Hispanic or black areas, but I'm just saying poor areas, as mentioned in the articles, you have, you see a lot more single parents and you see a lot more parents where uh, situations where two parents need to work to provide for their families. Um, so, it's, it's hard on the whole family. Um, it doesn't allow them to get things done in a manner or situation that they need to. It's not efficient. It's, it's just a total pain. And you have COVID shutting it down. I mean, there, there needs to be a stop to this. Um, there's been some GOP lawmakers fighting against the shutdowns. Um, even Dr. Fauci 
uh, came out. And I think he's starting to get a little bit bearings on the ridiculousness of what's going on in America, because even Fauci came out and he was like, we're not worried about the students. Um, I think something about their immune system, you know, they're okay with it. Uh, usually COVID is recognized as susceptible, to, um, makes older people more susceptible to it and people with uh, pre-existing conditions. Um, students and children's and young people tend to have healthier immune systems and can handle it much better. So Fauci's saying that we need to not, you know, we don't need to shut down the schools and be this concerned about the students because it's affecting the way that they're learning in negative ways, which is absolutely true. And Fauci says the students need to go back to school. Um, and now it's like all of a sudden when when Fauci actually says something that makes sense, the fact that the students do need to go back to school, none of the lawmakers, none of the governors, none of the people that are enforcing these lockdowns care what Fauci has to say. And it's a frustrating situation. Um, but like most politicians, like all politicians, you can buy off a doctor just as easy. And I don't think that we're seeing the full truth of Fauci. I never think we see the full truth of anything. And I think people are getting bought off and paid to say things in the name of special interests. Um, with that being said, I am going to stop this segment of public schooling and try and freaking figure out what else we're talking about in this boring political sphere because it sucks right now. It really does. All right. So I did want to talk about, um, well, maybe yeah, I didn't. I now want to talk about uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, is if I like I like Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, I really do. She's, you know, she's. I mean, she's a little bit social, sure. Uh, she's a Democrat, um, but I like a lot of the things that she does and says, and I think that she has admirable characteristics that we don't see in a lot of politicians. Um, Tulsi Gabbard has proposed. Uh, bipartisan legislation, H.R. 8452, calling for the charges against Snowden and Assange should be dropped and to reform the Espionage Act. Big props to Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I probably said this on the show before, um, but I actually voted for Tulsi Gabbard in uh, the Democratic primary because in Utah, if you're not a member of the Republican Party, you can vote in the Democratic primary. And I thought Tulsi Gabbard was the best by far. So I actually voted for Tulsi Gabbard in the Democratic primary. Um, just a little. She also tweeted at Donald Trump uh, as she retweeted the information about her uh, proposal and uh, said, Trump, since you're giving out pardons, um, you should definitely pardon these two. Just a little bit. If, and by the way, there's a huge issue um, with government corruption. And I mean, it's all over our government. I, I mean, our government is seemingly not even clean in any way, shape or form um, in so many ways because of the type of government corruption and the scale of government corruption that we have. And if you don't believe that, you either blindly follow the government, which is wrong. All authority should be questioned. And um, also, you either, and you probably just don't care enough about it to actually look into the details. Edward Snowden was a NSA agent. Um, he was a conservative, thought his country could do no wrong, all that. There's a documentary about him. It was like number two on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Um, highly consider you watch it. They did a really good job. Um, Edward Snowden basically uh, got a hold of information where he was working in the NSA and and found out that the government was using these programs to illegally spy on United States citizens, uh, although they were guilty of nothing. Um, 
And Edward Snowden was not happy with that. And he was conflicted with it a little while. There's a little bit of inter uh, agency politics going on. And he ended up releasing the information. It got leaked and it was huge. And he did it in Hong Kong. And Obama and John Kerry were like, yo, stop this dude. Don't let him get out of Hong Kong. We want to try him here for treason under the Espionage Act. Um, and Hong Kong didn't which is big props. Uh, I don't see it how China would have any interest in stopping a whistleblower for the United States, which is, I mean, I guess good. Um, so Snowden got away, ended up getting to Moscow. Moscow didn't arrest, arrest him there. And he's actually, uh, I'm not exactly sure when this happened, but he has been granted full citizenship, maybe not full citizenship, permanent residence rights, I believe it is, um, in Russia. So that is awesome. I'm you know, glad to hear that. I might have talked about that on the show before, um, but that's just a little uh, bit of information on Edward Snowden. And Julian Assange was the one that created WikiLeaks. Um, and it basically start, it started in 2006, and Chelsea Manning was uh, Army Intelligence, and she provided a lot of the information that got it going. WikiLinks has been used uh, in to show information about the Clintons and a ton of other situations uh, where government has been doing wrong things and when people in government have been doing these things. Um, incredibly important. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, it's a that's important that we get this across. It's important that we protect whistleblowers. Um, in fact, I would say that there should be something in the constitution that specifically protects whistleblowers. And by the way, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a project and it depends on how long it takes me. Um, but I am going to rewrite the Bill of Rights in what would be my own opinion on how this kind of stuff should go, uh, how government, people's rights, all that. So I'm basically going to do like a little uh Re TR for freedom, rewritten version of the free states of America, um, and the Bill of Rights that everyone in the nation has a line uh, a right to, and that's the overall line in the sand. Um, and protecting whistleblowers is going to be on one of those, uh, I guess you could say, amendments, um, which is extremely important to me. But anyways, with that being said. Um, that's going to conclude this little portion of the episode. It, it might seem a little bit choppy when you look over it and listen to it. Um, because like I said, there's not a ton to talk about in the political sphere. There's not like a crazy amount of things that are super crazy fun to talk about. So, but I'm going to do this for your entertainment and for mine and the principal. All right. Blankets off. I uh, feel like I was dying of CO2 poisoning and it was getting hot. Um, one thing that I love to do uh, on Twitter and on this show is bag on Governor Herbert, uh, the governor of Utah. Uh, man, this this guy just pisses me off because he's just always he's authoritarian. He's always telling people what to do. Uh, and I've talked about so many bad things about Herbert on uh, on the show. Uh especially with COVID. I mean, he he's based, he's telling everyone to only gather with those immediate in your immediate household. Uh, I gathered with extended family. And that was not in my household. Um, <laughs> and well, I hope you guys did too. Well, I, 
I don't know. That's your that's your deal. But I don't think that the government should stop you from seeing your family if you want to. So that's just how I feel about that. Um, and you know, Herbert loves to throw out these the numbers that Utah's had throughout the pandemic. Um, and you know, before the lockdowns got really bad, like in October and November. Um, the numbers were good. I mean, Utah was like number two economically in the pandemic per capita um, because we didn't have these strict lockdowns. Now Herbert's like boost, boosting all these numbers and basically using it as a as an excuse for how these lockdowns are working and not hurting economic growth, which is bullcrap. Uh, limits up to 10, 10 people, uh, no more. Well, I thought that was bullshit because after Herbert um had made that rule it, it was hilariously ironic because he tweeted a picture um and he said i'm grateful today for all the business people in utah helping to lead us into recovery despite economic uncertainty you have continued to innovate and adapt the industrial spirit is astounding to witness and is why i'm so excited and optimistic about our future and him and some other people, 12 other people, might I add, well, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 other people, not including the large amount of news reporters seen in the reflection in the glass in the picture, um, have were there, uh, probably all within a span of 10 feet by 6 feet, 14 people. While Herbert is telling people that they can't gather in households of more or gather in groups of more than ten, Herbert, you're a loser and you suck. And it's just like Gavin Newsom. I mean, it's just like all these governors. I mean, and other government officials that are completely breaking their own pandemic rule. Uh, rules for thee, not for me, is the way that they're acting, and it's just, it's just infuriating and the fact that herbert is out cutting this stupid ribbon uh breaking his own restrictions um for businesses when these pandemics and these shutdowns have absolutely killed small businesses and it's it's just it's frustrating it's incredibly frustrating when and and this is the entirety of politics in america it just pisses me off that that the head of our own state is doing this so blatantly it's just it pisses me off um i also was thinking about the whole uh rewritten bill of rights thing and uh i'm gonna go ahead and post that in the article section of the website so if you want and i might go over it in a different episode but i think uh that's pretty much gonna end the episode uh for what we've talked about so far but i am going to put that in the article section um, probably here later today, um, I have a little bit of time set aside so that I can do stuff like that. Um, so I'm probably going to end up doing that today, maybe in the next few days. Um, it's the 1st of December in case you guys aren't listening to this on the release date. Um, so if you aren't, then it might be up there already. Um, but yeah, that'll be up there. Um, I just want to thank you guys for checking in and listening and all that kind of stuff. I love to hear back from you guys. Um, if you're listening on, uh, Apple podcast or whatever, uh, if you like and leave a review or give five star review or whatever, it helps the algorithms that helps it get listened to more. Um, 
and proud to say that Utah Liberty Talk is being listened to in 12 countries other than the United States. Uh, super awesome. Thank you to my supporters around the globe. It's cool to be internationally recognized. Um, I would love to hear you guys reach out to me um, about you what you're doing for liberty in your country and what the political sphere is like there on a more local level um i love to hear back from the supporters you guys can reach out to me personally on really twitter um tr4freedom is my at on twitter um that my instagram and facebook have gotten taken down um and because of that the utah liberty talk facebook and instagram have also been taken down but fear not we are on twitter and i love twitter right we're on Twitter. Uh, there's also our website, utahlibertytalk.com, where you can go to the Contact Us tab, send in a little thing, and I'll be sure to get that. Then I would love to respond to you if you want to give me other contact information. If not, I can just send it right back to the email that you sent it with. Um, but yeah, I, and we, you know, we have our Patreon up, online store, cool Liberty gear there. We have these new masks that say taxation is theft with the ANCAP slide on it, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so if you like the podcast, feel free to support it in any way, even just something simple. It's free, only takes a couple seconds of time, like a like and review. But if you really like to represent and wear liberty um, and incorporate it into yourself, we have those options as well. Uh, Patreon, we've got some great deals there. We've got some great opportunities for people to get involved with the show. Um, and thanks again, everyone, for supporting and listening. Um, and again, I would love to hear back from you guys because the numbers are there. You guys are all there, but I never hear back from any of you guys. So I want to hear back. I want to hear back. I want to know who's listening. I want to know who's supporting me. I want to personally give you thanks. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Utah Liberty Talk. Y'all have a great day.